let's get started then. <laughs> Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast, Sports Extra with Sports Guy, JP. JP, how are you this week? I'm good this week, coming off an exciting wild card weekend, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. It seems like the, uh, other than the playoff news, the uh, kind of local news, there was some talks about Byron Lefwich uh, being let go or possibly being let go from Tampa Bay and um, possibly finding a way back to Pittsburgh. I mean, there's nothing for certain, but what would be your thoughts on Byron Lefwich in Pittsburgh in general versus Matt Canada, who I feel like almost anybody would be an improvement on? <laughs> yeah, so I saw uh, Buccaneers are likely to part ways with offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich, who we know spent some time here as a backup quarterback, and uh, he's been successful in Tampa Bay. I don't know how much you can attribute to him or Tom Brady and the new offense they've had, but given the success that he's had, I'd love to bring him on board here in Pittsburgh. I think, generally speaking, uh, coaches with more of a history get better out of Tomlin when he works with them on his staff rather than someone who they promote from within, like we saw with Todd Haley and um, we saw Brian Flores come in this year. And the defense played uh, well under uh, under him when T.J. Watt was active. But, uh, again, I think he's definitely an improvement from Matt Canada from what I've seen. Um Steelers offense played better throughout the course of the year, but I don't think it was enough to save Canada's job. I would rather bring in a new coach with new ideas. And uh, given the connection to Pittsburgh and Leftwich, I think there's definitely a possibility. And uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think he'd be good for a new the, this uh, offense. And I think what they bring to the table would be more exciting. I'd like to see what Leftwich could do with, um, you know, the quarterback that isn't Brady, who's 45, you know, someone who has a little bit of mobility and, uh, you know, just some fresh faces here in Pittsburgh. I think that it would work out better from, you know, Canada and what they've had. Do you think right now the Steelers offense is better than uh, the Buccaneers offense? Uh, given uh, this past season, I mean, they were almost the same in terms of points per game. I believe um, one was 25th. I think the Steelers were 25th and the Buccaneers were 24th or 25th and 26th. I thought they were close to each other. Right. Yeah. They're, they're right there. Like I said, um, but both have separate issues. Uh, Buccaneers had offensive line issues and aging quarterback and they just, you know, banged up receivers that weren't always at a hundred percent. So that definitely took its toll on them. Maybe, the maybe I should have worded the question this way. If you were Byron left, which, which team would you rather come back to a Steelers who is young upcoming or Tampa Bay, who the quarterback's probably gone. And you know, you said the offensive line troubles kind of injuries and stuff. So what are we, what, I guess I should have worded it that way. So if you were left, which I guess he's leaving there, but with this, with the rosters, how they are, could Pittsburgh be a better roster? 
Yeah, given that, yes, I would say Pittsburgh would be a better job to have than Tampa at this moment. I'm sensing a little bit of a dumpster fire coming out of Tampa Bay, actually. Um, yeah. I know they've reached the playoffs, but I think the other teams, like, we had a win team in win now mode with some of the age, aging vets they had. You know, um, Mike Evans is get almost 30. Uh, Leonard Fournette's not what he used to be. Even like Levante David and uh, Devin White weren't as dominant as they've been in years past. So I'm sensing Tampa is in a division of a lot of young and upcoming teams, and they're able to sneak out a division title this week just from who they had in terms of veterans who I don't think will be there next year or just aren't the same types of players as they are. Whereas here in Pittsburgh, we do have a young group of guys on the up and come, and I think it would fit Leftwich better. And um, I don't know. I, I think there's more of a direction. Um, P- Pittsburgh is like they're, they're rebuilding, but we see the direction they're heading. Whereas Tampa Bay, it looks like this is going to be the first step of a rebuild. And I wouldn't blame Leftwich for not one being part of it. Have you ever seen Todd Bowles uh, speak on the sideline? I feel like every time they cut to him, he's just silent, staring. <laughs> like he's he seems like almost like uh Jim Caldwell with excitement. Yeah. It seemed like even this year Bulls and the the staff in general, I don't know there's the whole thing with uh Bruce Arians being moved to like an office position. And Todd, Todd Bowles there and all of them it just seemed like uh, he he's a better coordinator than head coach. Um and I don't know it it, it just seems like it wasn't the right fit. Um and yet, I mean, he didn't have much to say. I mean, they were getting their butts kicked all, all game. And I think that almost in a way, this Tampa Bay team, it seemed like Brady wasn't fully invested this year. And honestly, yeah. it doesn't seem like just as a team, none of them were fully invested. I don't know if that was Brady or, you know, it's kind of tough being part of that team. You know, and the quarterback's not always there. And in his defense, I'm not sure. Maybe in return, he felt they weren't dialed in, which I heard reports about. So, you know, I kind of feel like Tampa kind of against on a Super Bowl hangover despite it being another year where they didn't have a Lombardi. They seemed like they were just going through the motions, kind of. Like, they were just trying to get through the season. Like, they didn't seem like they had any desire to me. Right. I agree. It just seemed like a boring football team. And I saw Dallas. I picked Dallas last week just because despite it being Brady in the playoffs, I mean, Dallas is just a better football team now. They're more youthful, more explosive. And, uh, I mean, they just wanted to win more. And Tampa Bay, I just, going forward, I can see this being one of the worst teams over the next three years. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. While we're talking about Tampa Bay, uh, you see Brady in the news always. At the end of the year, is he retiring this year or not? He does make it sound like he's not coming back to Tampa Bay. What are your thoughts? What do you think Brady does in the next month or two? I think he'll stay um, in, in the NFL and he'll play again. I, definitely not at Tampa Bay. It seemed like he was even trying to move out this year. I mean, there were the tampering allegations he had with Miami. And, um, you know, I just don't think he's going to be there anymore. And I don't think it's a good offense for his skill set anymore either. And uh, at this moment, if he goes to a team, I'm hearing Raiders have an interest in him and maybe Garoppolo if they can't land Brady. And, uh, you know, if the allegations from last year of Miami, I could see that being a possibility as well. So... If I had to put my money on it, I would say Vegas or Miami is where Brady is playing next year. And right now, I would probably lean towards Vegas, but I also see that being a very challenging division for him to have to play and go against Herbert and Mahomes. 
um, twice a year. And, um, you know, I, I, I've heard maybe a return to New England, but I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I can't see that either. Maybe to the NFC or the AFC East uh, with the Dolphins. But uh, I, I think it's more likely with Vegas, with the Josh McDaniel kind of connection, um, I could see him going there. Plus, I don't really have a quarterback right now. Uh, with Miami, the thing with that is, like, if you're bringing him in, you're officially giving up on Tua, essentially. Yeah, and I, it's a shame to say, but I feel like part of it could be the concussion history as well. It's not necessarily a, a talent issue, though he does um, have limitations as a quarterback, which is why they tried moving off him in the past. And uh, th- when you sprinkle in the concussions he's had this year, I could see them wanting to move off to, uh, especially if they can land Brady out of it. He's going to be the NFL Eric Lindros, just concussions taking him out. Yeah. Remember Austin Colley? Yeah, he was he was hurt every year. He took a lot of hits. Like, yeah, Austin Colley was pretty good one. with uh, Andrew Luck and like Pierre Garcon, I think, were, were the core there. Um, who was the running back back then? Donald Brown? Donald Brown. They had like... Yeah, this door. Trent Richardson for yeah. a little Joseph bit. Adai, possibly. <laughs> was Joseph Adai good? I can't even remember. I feel like he might have had a year or two where he was not the worst. I mean, yeah, he was pretty solid. He, he was the running back when they won their Super Bowl. I mean, he was a he was a solid yeah. back. Not Pro Bowl caliber, but solid. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I remember him. He was, he was really good, and he would just take headshots and just, like, you'd think he was, you know, dead on the field almost, the one. But, uh, okay, are you still there? I didn't, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought you were still talking. So, yeah, I was going to say, he's taken uh, pl- plenty of hits. And, uh, yeah, I mean, well, what, what, what are you going to do there? Well, I, I, can't, I can't remember where we were going. Where did Collie even get mentioned here? We were talking about concussions with Tua. Oh yeah, with Tua, and just yeah. basically so, yeah. being played out of the playing out of the league because of concussion. That's right. And plus, like we've seen like tape on this now with Tua. Like we saw the disgusting Thursday night game um, where his fingers were like bending after taking the hit to the head. Like we're gonna, I, I think that they have a serious issue here with Tua and concussion history. Like they may just want to move off it just in general. Yeah, we could see that. Let's. Uh... Let's move into some of our uh, picks for this week. We can uh, do it like we did last week. We can uh, trade back and forth. I believe you uh, did better than I did last week, so I'll let you choose first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got lucky with the, uh, the the Giants upset pick I was uh, sensing. Um, Vikings D is just a mess. So if I'm looking up the picks here. Um, Number one. I'm going to take Kansas City minus eight and a half against Jacksonville. Um just being honest, they're heading to Arrowhead, and Ch- Chiefs are. I, I think I heard, including playoffs, Andy Reid's twenty-seven and four following a bye week, and I'm sensing just some sort of a blowout here. Um, Jacksonville came back to beat uh, the Chargers because the Chargers really, I feel like, shot themselves in the foot, dug their own grave here. Kansas City's a team that's not going to do that, and. Um, I, I know they're, they're traveling on the road. Um, this is going to be the second career playoff game for Trevor Lawrence, who threw four interceptions to start the one against uh, the uh, Chargers this past week. And uh, Jacksonville, I still think, has ways to go here. They're a young, up-and-coming team. Mahomes is my MVP of this year. And uh, I think it's going to be very tough for Jacksonville's offense to keep up with Kansas City. That's a warm-weather team going to a cold-weather stadium. 
Mahomes, we know what we can he can do. And uh, I'm sensing a win by double digits here. Alrighty. We have JP taking the Chiefs. Number two. Looking at some of these games, they I got burnt by them last week because I thought the Vikings were going to win. But this week, I think I'm going to go with the Giants with the spread of 7.5. If they're getting 7.5, I think Philadelphia might start off kind of slow and a little rusty. I like the way the Giants are playing. I like the way uh, Barkley's running the ball. Danny Jones is running the ball. Uh, I, I really like the way the Giants are playing. The way I think Brian Dable is the coach of the year, and I'm really kind of impressed with how uh, New York's playing. I do think Philadelphia wins the game uh, money line, but I think that they could stay within seven and a half points. Yeah, plus you get two division opponents. You you never know if these division games they could bounce either way. I know Philly did sweep the Giants this year, and the Giants have not won back to back games actually since week six and seven. But I, I like I like them here with seven and a half as well. I think I feel Jaylen like there's Hurts. no pressure on them either. Like the, the pressure's on the Eagles, right? Yeah, and sometimes you get that with these teams. Or I mean, even Jacksonville teams that are happy to be there versus the teams that should win. Um, you do get like a sense of uh, a team that you know has nothing to lose, so they'll come out firing. Um, but uh, like you mentioned, Daniel Jones is being involved in the run game more than ever, and. Uh, that's really what helped them um, beat Minnesota this past week. I understand that Philly has a substantial better defense than the Vikings, but no, we've seen it now multiple weeks. Dan- Daniel Jones can move, and uh, seven and a half is a uh, pretty spread. Uh, J- Jalen Hurts still dealing with the shoulder issue. And uh, get this, Eagles have uh, 16 giveaways, actually, in their last nine games. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I could see this being, you know, a seven-point game. Plus, Eagles I, I, are. Uh, I could see this being a low-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could. Go, I, I could see it being like a run-the-ball yeah. defense kind of game. Right. I don't. The Giants don't have a way of blowing out the Eagles. The Eagles definitely have a way of blowing out the Giants. Yeah, though. that's fair. Um, as you see, yeah, I think they put up. 40 over 40 points in one of their meetings this year and Philly's uh one of four teams in NFL history to have 70 sacks in a year so they'll Holy get shit. after the quarterback yeah that's a lot you usually see them leading the or like whoever do you see the Steelers leading the league a lot in sacks but they're like in the mid 50s yeah Philly has a way of getting after them and Giants O-line has has uh improved over the season with uh like we said Jones in the run game Saquon Barkley's played well um I think the Eagles have an ability to cover, but if I had to bet, I would say it's within the spread as well. Well, I agree with what you said about the blowout factor. Like, we could see it like A.J. Brown having three touchdowns in the first half. Right. <laughs> so it, it could definitely go either way. But like I said, I said this last week, and then Philadelphia or San Francisco blew out Seattle. But it's true with, like, the Ravens game last week. And you see other, you know, there's three NFC East teams left divisional games in the playoffs. You know, it's hard to beat a team three times, they always say. Um, it, it, we'll see how it goes. I feel like the the divisional games in the playoffs are always close, hard-fought battles, and it's seven and a half. I mean, maybe if even it was six and a half, you go Philadelphia, but seven and a half is, I feel like that's enough that's for the Giants. Deal. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, how about for, for Dallas, for them? If they beat the 49ers, they know they get a divisional opponent for the title game. That's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. And before we move past, you were mentioning Jacksonville, just happy to be there. How about that comeback? Yeah, it was substantial. 
Um, what was it twenty seven nothing? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think they went into the ha- at halftime twenty seven seven. I think they scored with a few seconds That's left. Jacksonville. Yeah, and uh, I mean it was a couple just dumb plays. There's the punt that bounced off the returner's head, and that was you know Chargers stole seven off that. Um, but yeah, they look like a mess, and I was surprised from the get go because. Um, I, I thought for sure Doug Peterson would have been better prepared and over Staley. And then you just watch the second half of the game and mm-hmm. you could see who was really the Super Bowl coach and what one was, you know, been on the hot seat despite making the playoffs all season. Does Staley still have a job right now? Yeah, he does. But I, I, I've heard that there's a very real possibility they can move off him. They just fired their offensive coordinator, I heard. Yeah, I feel like there's few seats hotter in the NFL right now than Staley's. And we right, just and saw Kingsbury get fired. He was probably the hottest. So now I'd say he's next in line. Right. and uh, Just with disappointing and like, with a roster that should be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. Um, J- Joey Bosa, definitely, I mean, game definitely got to his head. You could see the frustration um, taking his helmet off a couple times. And in his defense, they did miss a couple. Um, I think false starts in this game that set the Chargers back, and uh, he did get hold, he got held on their two point conversion. I think I heard and no call, so definitely frustration there. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's part of the game. Plus, is there a cooler looking owner in the NFL than Shad Khan? It <laughs> can't his his son. I mean, maybe if the WWE sell, maybe they should get in the bidding for that as well. Oh yeah, really. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the, his the name? WWE Who owns uh, AEW? What's his son's name? Uh, Tony. Yeah, Tony Khan. Tony Khan see seems kind of cool. Yeah, they, they, there's no way that WWE. I feel like whatever sell to the cons just do the fact that they have AEW and it could they could literally rewrite like the invasion storyline. I was gonna say yeah, if they have it, they have the monopoly. They'll just do whatever they want. Right. It would just be like the same exact thing. Um, it beats they they sold to. Or agreed in principle to sell to Saudi Arabia. If you heard about that, and then it like, I don't know, they like backed out because like not everyone was on board with it. Who sold what? Oh, to the WWE was like almost sold to Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah, that like Vince McMahon had to step down because he had like these allegations, and then uh, um, he tried to like weasel his way back in or something, and then he said. Now that he's back or whatever, he's just going to try to sell the company. And I heard, like, Saudi Arabia tried to give him, like, like, I think they offered the most money for it. That's wild. So they were just going to do it in Saudi Arabia? Uh, I'm not sure exactly how it would work. I mean, they do live events there every year, but it's like, uh, I couldn't see them running their company there. I mean, well, well, what would that do to women's wrestling, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's very yeah. true. Um, but, yeah, I can't see it going over there do, do they do women's matches over there right now when they go over they go over but they dress differently they wear like a t-shirt like it's like uh, no yeah. skin's really showing outside of their face yeah um all right let's uh we'll go to number three three and i get my choice of the sunday games here um these games could definitely go either way um I'm going to take the Bengals plus four and a half against the Bills. Um, They're heading to Buffalo, which is always difficult. But Joe Burrow and the Bengals have overcome adversity their entire time the past couple, two years. Um, And 
They, uh, I think Alex Kappa should be back despite their offensive line injuries, which is a mess. That concerns me the most is I think Buffalo may be able to get pressure without blitzing the way they have early in the season. Um, with all the injuries the Bengals have protecting Burrow. If you watched the game last week, it was an issue against Baltimore. So they're going to have to clean that up. I think Kappa should be back. But um, more importantly, it's just the Bills I see it like as a regressed offense in many ways. Um, this is three games in a row now where they've had three or more turnovers. Um, Josh Allen was actually sacked seven times last week against Baltimore. And uh, Josh Allen, if you include the playoff game, he has either thrown an interception or fumbled the football 32 times alone this oh season. Oh, my God. That's a lot yeah, of Yeah, I mean, he didn't lose all the fumbles, but 32, that's two a game. That's so kind of one of the things keeping him one step behind Patrick Mahomes, I think, is just the turnovers. Yeah, he he's he's just turn, he turns the ball over more than anyone. He leads the league if you include fumbles, loss, and interceptions. I heard, yeah, he would have the most turnovers. Um, and the Bengals are a team that's going to capitalize on those situations. Um, you know, I think that, you know, this is a very underrated defense. Uh, they've uh, gr- great safeties, great, uh, we pass, saw a great play to win the game essentially against Baltimore with, uh, Logan Wilson punching it out. Yeah, they punched. That was a great play. And, uh, Sam Hubbard returning yeah. 98 yards. I, I can't believe Baltimore, like, Figures they were in a goal line situation. They didn't even have a wide receiver on the field to run them down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that makes sense. It's kind of like the uh, Jerome Bettis fumble. Right, yeah. And Mark Andrews made a hell of a effort to try to get down there. I thought there was going to be a block in the back call. Yeah, yeah, he, he almost had him. And, uh, no, Bengals on a key takeaway there. I mean, that's a 14-point play in the eyes of Vegas right there. And they right. were able to. You know, get the W there. That's a that's a tough loss for Baltimore. You and, see, uh, you see the Bengals always turning it on as soon as the playoffs hit. Like I, I could see the Bengals winning this game outright. Um, I, I don't know that they will, especially with it being in Buffalo. I feel like that's whoever plays this game, the home team would have won. And I think Buffalo does have the edge um, there. I was I was seeing something that with Sam Hubbard. He's a Ohio State guy. He's from like Cincinnati area, so he's played his entire career like in Cincinnati or Ohio. Hmm. He yeah, won a national a championship, I think. Did Ohio State just win a national championship not too long ago? Uh, I think maybe a few years back. Okay, uh, I think he was on that team. Georgia's then. won the last couple. Yeah, well, Georgia's looking um, dominant, especially over yeah. TCU. Yeah, they're going to be the new powerhouse, I think. Um, but yes, uh, Hubbard Hendrickson, both great edge rushers, um, very underrated player. And Hubbard doesn't really get the credit he deserves, even though he's a captain on the team. Um, Logan Wilson, too, very underrated. But uh, anyway, I, I, I know going to Buffalo is difficult, but I, I, I like Burrow with the points here. Just It's over a field goal. Um, they, they're a team that, you know, uh, like you said, they turn it on, turn it on in the playoffs. Offensive line's definitely a huge concern because that not only affects the run game, but the vertical pass game they have down the field with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, all these guys. It's it's going to be slightly limited, but I still see the Bengals as a more talented team overall than Buffalo. Uh, and I think this might be a surprising thing, but I think like the Steelers in a way, Buffalo only has one way of beating you. Now, the one way of beating you, they have puts more points on the board, which is just... Josh Allen throwing the ball downfield. 
Yeah. And sometimes it hits and sometimes it, it whips. And um, I think the Bengals are good enough to get a turnover or two and uh, find a way to expand drives here. And uh, you're going to give me over a field goal here. So it could go either way. I know Buffalo is fired up this season, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the Bengals with the points here, though I wouldn't be surprised if uh, it goes the other way. All right. And then number four. Well, obviously, I'm going to have to go with this last game. This is a, the toughest game for me to pick. Um, Dallas is plus three and a half at San Francisco. I think I'm going Niners. And I I think just the, they're at home. I could see the 49ers finding multiple ways to beat Dallas. I think Dallas is, has a good defense. I think Parsons is one of the best. We'll see how Brock Purdy has, you know, with Parsons in his face the entire game. I could also just see San Francisco's defense, you know, doing a good job against Dak Prescott, stopping the run game a little bit. They have such a good team. Nick Bosa is one of the best edge rushers in the league. Um, and then I just I like uh, Shanahan as a coach. I just think he's really really good. I could see them coming up with something new. There's like I said, there's multiple guys in that offense: Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, uh, George, jeez, uh, George Pickens. Jeez, uh, I'm like George Orwell, <laughs> George Kittle. I'm thinking of every other George, and I can like see him in my head. Um, but George Kittle, like these guys are really good. I think this is really tight, but I think uh, this the, the spread does make it interesting though for Dallas. But after seeing what San Francisco did last week, they can put up some points. I'm still going San Francisco. This could be a game where Christian McCaffrey has like 125 receiving yards. I'm with you, and I know Dallas is coming off a huge win and gets over a field goal here. And the reason is, Dallas, we don't see a consistent way they play football. Every month or so, you get a lousy game where they lose a game they should win, um, whether it was the overtime game against Jacksonville or against the Commanders this you know final week of the regular season. Uh, Houston also almost beat them at one point. Um but with San Fran, you get a team that's consistent, a team that um, is playing at home, great coach. And despite what people say, Brock Purdy is good. Like, yeah. we're going to have to get out of the narrative here of, you know, oh, it's Brock Purdy or something. No, since he's taken over, he's been like the best quarterback in the league, multiple <laughs> touchdowns in every game. I'm surprised it, at the touchdowns that he's throwing. Like, that's a lot for a guy to just step in and throw touchdowns. And he's not just a tree either. He's mobile enough. They're using him um, just to uh, distribute the balls to the playmakers. And, I mean, I think I heard this is uh, four weeks in a row now. They've scored a minimum of 37 points. That's insane. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But uh, Like, San Francisco this has from- this kind of defense run the ball, like, kind of uh, uh, identity that we always think of. And they're putting up points. Right, exactly. So, like, you get a team here who you know can run the football, you know, Christian McCaffrey and Eli Mitchell, um, or even Debo Samuel out of the backfield, and then they play better defense than anyone. Like, every unit has an, a Pro Bowl, all-pro caliber player on it for that football team. Yeah. Uh-huh. Every single unit. Dallas is has good individual players, not necessarily units here that we see with – the 49ers. Yeah. Um, every, level's, uh, every level is solid. 
yeah, elite. Like you said, Nick Bosa, uh, uh, Eric Armstead's playing um, at a high level coming back. Fred Warner's the best interior linebacker in the game. I think Christian McCaffrey for the offense season, you could argue, is the best running back. And Debo is maybe the best receiver with the ball in his hands. Um, he, I mean, this is a deep team. G- great coach. Um, w- w- weird thing here. D- Dak is actually the oldest quarterback at 29 years old left in these playoffs. Oh, really? That yeah, was, yeah is, that's weird. You know, we, we, yeah, new, a new uh, wave of talent here. I also think... Uh, Dak to me is solid, but he's not dynamic. I think that in situations like this, we'll see the limitations he has. He's uh, uh, he's not very accurate throwing the football downfield or across the middle consistently. And uh, 49ers make it very difficult to fight in the trenches. I, I think Dallas um, is coming off a huge win, and I don't necessarily know if it carries over. Parsons one is one of the best players in the league. His confidence rubs off, and you could tell he kind of like Richard Sherman. He could talk, run his mouth, but he backs it up, and he's better than anyone, in my yeah. opinion. You, but, you, you uh, were you were one guy. You sorry, you were listing all the guys who are who are stars on each level. There's uh, Hafunga too, the safety who's a Pro Bowler. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's played incredibly well, and uh, Ward came over too. Um, and he's played well at corners, a free agent pickup, Chardavius Ward. And, uh, yeah, I, they're, they're deep everywhere. They have the best – even where you don't need to be deep. Like, they have the best fullback in the league. Yeah. Robbie Gold's a great uh, – I'll tell you what. Been around. Your boy Ray Ray McLeod's looking pretty decent every now and then too. Yeah, Ray Ray McLeod's uh, in the return game is actually doing something. You know, he's uh, not what he was a couple years ago, but – that's what happens when you play on a team where the standard is a little bit more than the standard. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, and one other thing with that game, we're we're talking mm-hmm. about how uh, you know Dallas is looking good. They just beat a pretty crappy team in the playoffs. Like it's not like they came in and stormed and they, and they beat uh, the Eagles or something. Like they beat a Buccaneers team that's not good. Right. The narrative from Tampa all year was, well, they have Tom Brady. That's all it was. This he, he's. 45, can't move, no mobility. Offensive line was a mess all year. And uh, they were playing against a great pass rush and a very good defense. Uh, the matchup favored Dallas in every aspect of the game. And they won, and they were expected to win. Now, when you play a team like San Fran where you're not favored, it's not going to be as easy. Um, you know, B- B- Brady was throwing ball inaccurate. Like, he was getting pressure, and then it's not like he was just throwing balls like, down at receiver's feet, just trying not to throw interceptions. The interception he threw in the end zone was bad. Yeah, it was bad. It looks like he was trying to throw it away, and he didn't sail it anywhere. It just went right to the defender. I don't think, uh, like, like it seems like Tampa gave them a lot of easy plays to capitalize on, and I don't, San Fran's not going to give you plays like that that are, you know, the, the dink and dunk's not going to be there if you play with these guys. And, and uh, Tony Pollard, as great as he is, I'm, he's not going to be getting, you know, the first down runs they're going for eight yard eight yards giving you easy manageable second downs and twos you know yeah. it's uh they'll be facing a lot more second and third downs that are eight yards and greater rather than uh you know second downs that are one or two yeah fair enough JP I agree uh I agree with that so we're we're our picks you have Kansas City over Jacksonville I have the Giants over Philadelphia you have the Bengals over the Bills. 
And then I have the 49ers over the Cowboys. So there you are. Everybody go out and make your, your locks, your bets. <laughs> and we'll, we'll yeah. see. I'll tell you what. I won the other, the other day. It was the first time in a, in a minute. I, uh, I bet on the, the Lions to beat the Packers, and that was a pretty good one for me. How about I heard, uh, like, uh, on national news, some guy – if you watch the Vikings Giants last week, there's Justin Jefferson had the opening touchdown that they called back, and then they had a score. They scored it like the one or something of somebody else. Oh yeah, I yeah. saw. I saw some guy parlayed first touchdown scorer in every game up to that point, and he was at a hundred percent. And then he bet Justin Jefferson. Oh no! Like that is insane. Wow! It was like five or six games parlayed, and oh my god. Like it's hard getting just, that in any wow. game. I know, I know. And he had like five in a row in playoff. I'm like, how do you even do that? That had to have been a multiple thousand dollar payout. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, I can only imagine the money left on the table there because yeah, it looked like he had, I thought he scored too. And then they showed re- the, the review and he was definitely more short, but oh my God, you want to talk about just <laughs> missing out on retirement, you know? That's that's so upsetting. That's so disappointing. That you always see like the the biggest comebacks for, or the biggest returns for your money for like first touchdowns, and then if you get the score right, like the payout for that is insane. Right. <laughs> I always it's feel like if I have an extra two dollars or something, I'll bet on it to win like eight hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the way to do it. Just or a ridiculous fifteen par fifteen way <laughs> yeah. parlay. You know, yeah, that sense, but. You know, JP, do you know the biggest, the most legs on a parlay you've hit on? Uh, I, I've done like four for four basketball, but that's just betting spreads and stuff. I've never really been like an advocate of doing like 12 different things. Yeah. It it just doesn't happen. You're just wasting your money at that point. Yeah, pretty much. It's like uh, playing the lottery. (laughs) It just gives you that sense of hope that like, I just want to spend $3 and have hope. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) All right, JP. Um, anything you? Something? Yeah. So, so, some, something else. A couple stats. We we know Purdy in r- rookies. Like rookies never gone to a Super Bowl. But how about you know? And this affects Mahomes here. And uh, Kansas City, I would actually take to win the Super Bowl right now. I think they're the best team. But no passing yards leader has ever won a Super Bowl either. Oh, that's weird. That's such a strange and, and such a and such a quarterback driven league too, right? You know, that's just I, I have no idea why that's the case. Maybe it's if you're paying too much at quarterback, you're not spending enough to, um, you know, slow down opposing guys or establish a run game. I don't know what it is, but that's that's strange to me. I mean, I, I don't know if it'd be that. I would assume that. How many teams do you think the quarterback isn't the most, the highest paid player on the team? Like less than a third, right? And, and if you have a rookie quarter, I, I would say no quarterback on their second year deal isn't the highest paid player on their team, right? Unless they were a rookie or like cut at some point, like Trubisky or something. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I I absolutely agree. I feel like the Steelers are kind of in the well. They have that you know insane defensive players, and then they have the rookie quarterback kind of thing. So, but even like a mid tier quarterback is going to be one of the highest paid players on the team. Right. I, I heard a, uh, it was obviously a uh, fictional fan trade, but uh, I, I heard it was uh, N- Nick Wright who does first things first. He was on 
Colin Cowherd show. He said uh, he knows it's not like looming around, but what about a uh, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields trade? Oh yeah. Yeah. With uh, Lamar's not going to be happy. I mean, if the situation you heard JK Dobbins this past week say, if Lamar would have played, they would have won. It seems like there's some divorce coming between Baltimore and Jackson. I think over, the contract situation throughout the year. And then Lamar got hurt with his knee, didn't play in the playoff game. Um, and I heard like, like he was likely still hurt. And, uh, you know, like you, you don't want him to pull an RG three and get hurt in the playoff game either. But uh, I, I think they're uh, separating here and uh, look for Jackson to be on the move this off season. If they make that trade, who's initi- who's immediately better? Are they both better teams for doing that? I think, well, I think who's better, Baltimore or uh, Chicago? I'd say Baltimore would be better. I mean, we saw a lot of improvement in Fields' game throughout the year, and that's on a lousy team. I think if you bring him to the culture of the Ravens, he would flourish much better, whereas Jackson would be in a team that's developing a brand-new offense without playmakers or just the physicality that Baltimore brings to their team each and every week. I think Jackson is better. Uh, than fields but i think any of them in baltimore could very well be better than either one in chicago yeah well obviously i mean there's just a better team around them better coaches better everything in uh in baltimore right now just a better culture a winning culture when's the last time chicago was consistently good not since they were in the super bowl with a not that great of an offense like i I don't think chicago's ever had a great offense no, they've no. had Walter Payton, Gail Sayers, people like that, but they've never had like a great combined offense, or at least never outshining the defense. I don't think. No, it's always been defensive heavy, and um, you know, with uh, the, the Fields deal, I feel like it could happen. Uh, Chicago has um, cap room to afford Lamar, and uh, Baltimore obviously doesn't want to be paying their quarterback. They'd rather pay other positions and build a team. Fields still on a rookie deal here that hasn't played necessarily well. Maybe they could extend him to a cheaper deal. And uh, I don't know. I think from a business perspective, it makes sense. It's it's just, you know, what it happened. Then you would have Lamar in the number one pick in Chicago. Maybe you trade it down and build from there. Do you know how old Lamar Jackson is right now? Well, this would be what year five. He's probably 26, 27. Oh, yeah, he is 26. There. Wow, I'm surprised that he's only 26. He feels like he's been playing for 10 years. Well, yeah, plus he sat like his rookie year. So, yeah, um, I don't know if he when I was a junior or not, but, yeah, 26. Yeah, yeah, because they were trying to rework his rookie deal that he was still on. So, yeah, he's young. He's been around. Yeah, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson are all 26. Patrick Mahomes, 27. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, then Pickett's what, like like 24, and he only has one year experience. Yeah, and then you have Stetson <laughs> Bennett on uh, uh, Georgia, yeah, who's he's older, older than everyone. <laughs> Him and Brandon Whedon. Yeah, you were like 30-year-old rookies. Yeah, remember when the Browns looked <laughs> Brandon Whedon? What a bad pick. Yeah, it was like it didn't make sense, like because you knew he wasn't that good and you knew he was too old and you knew you didn't have the assets to support him, but you picked him anyway. <laughs> it's such a Browns move. Browns is the still, Browns. Still maybe a better pick than Johnny Manziel. <laughs> or they had uh, Brady <laughs> Quinn. They had a lot of good quarterbacks. 
Oh, I feel like Whedon in particular, though, there was like a minute, like a year or two, kind of like where it was like the worst is Nate Peterman. Like the the stigma he had. I feel like Whedon definitely had that for a few years, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was like he's clearly the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, JP. Anything you want to end on? No, let's uh, let's hope we uh, uh, go four for four. Um, actually, I don't know. I, I would kind of like to see a J- Jacksonville upset. Could, could you imagine if Jacksonville upsets the Chiefs? I would love to see that. We're it's gonna see a Jackson. We're gonna see a ja- uh, Jaguars Giants Super Bowl that nobody would have picked going into the beginning <laughs> of the year. Would you even want to watch that game? Like, That's you would because it's the Super Bowl, but, like, you'd much rather see, like, San Francisco, uh, Buffalo, or Kansas City. <laughs> I think or... the Giants and Jaguars are the only teams left that aren't, like, exciting in some way. <laughs> well, actually, Gi- I mean, Trevor Lawrence is, but G- Giants are, uh, yeah, K- Kansas City's going to smoke them this week. Just, I-, I would look for an alternative spread. That's how I am. I'd go, if you can get Kansas City minus, like, 13 and a half, I'd consider looking into it. Yeah. All right. JP, thank you as always. Listen to the regular Poor Man's Podcast every Monday. Watch the YouTube video. You can watch it live, uh, usually around 6.15, 6.30. Um, next week we have Wave of Centreros, Thomas Farley coming back on. Always funny. He did our live show with us at Kelly, so go back on YouTube and watch that. That's really good. Um, let's see. We just had Andy Mango on, um, so go back and listen to Andy Mango, and then we're going to wrap up uh, January with Michelle from Pittsburgh Foodie Girls, but we will... Talk to JP again next week. JP, thank you again. Always. Absolutely. (laughs) I I thought you were going to say always something, but okay. No, you're good. (laughs) Just an awkward pause. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, For Sports Guy JP, I'm Chris. Thank you for listening. I'm going to say I'm so happy that I was allowed to be part of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. You like that? You like that? You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. In my opinion, that sucked.